Welcome, my name is Amapola Ramirez and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. In this podcast, I talk to you about my life as a Chicana. As a professional, I want to share with you my knowledge. Tenemos todos un propósito en este mundo. Unidas, creamos cambio. Vamos a empezar. Hola, ¿cómo están? I hope you're doing amazing. Um, today I have a topic that is very dearly to me. One, because I lived it. And it's just crazy how life is. It's crazy amazing. <laughs> um, I have a six-year-old son, and I'm not with his dad. But at first I did not co-parent so well with him. And because I think I wasn't happy with my life, I was trying to figure myself out. I mean, I think that's what it was, honestly. And we were, we were clashing, but I think one of the things I would definitely highlight is that I was not taking responsibility over my actions and my words. Um, I had these expectations, you guys, about... Having the dad be the way I wanted him to be. My expectations of he has to be like this. He has to be a father that's attentive. Um, not that he is, but in my way. I was perceiving myself like I had the power just because our son lived with me. Oh, you you know, you can see him. Um, I would tell him you can see him at any time, but I never told him he couldn't. But sometimes... If he called and I was doing something, it was kind of like, um, I can't. So he was perceiving it as if I was not allowing him to see him, but he's not, he wasn't organized with his schedule. So I was kind of like, okay, let me figure something out. And there was times where he just frustrated me and I didn't, I honestly didn't even want to try to move things around because he would get on my nerves. But Overall, I brought myself to this place in my life and I said, I am done with this. I want to get along with him. And I was able to let go of that tug of war rope. I let it go. And he let it go. Because he's a good guy. And it was our first time kind of experiencing this situation. So we kind of didn't know where to go. But I empowered myself to learn about parenting and co-parenting which then I got certified for it because I fell in love with it. And that helped me tremendously. So I've been there. I've been there. I tell my clients, it's not that I'm up here talking to you because I read it out of a book. Like, I'm, I lived it. And they were, it. Then my clients are able to be like, oh, okay, thank God. Because sometimes they think I don't have kids, but I do. And it just helps them understand that I've been there, done that. Not exactly through the core because we didn't go to that route. But I think the chaos uh, was not good. And I was able to understand that he's a good guy, that he loves our son, and he's going to love him in his way, not mine. That helped me tremendously. And when it comes to co-parenting now with my husband, there's times because, you know, yes, I do read the books, and sometimes he doesn't. He's like, oh, now you know what's in the book. And, and there was, like, conflict. But we have actually... We have actually brought ourselves to this place of understanding each other and understanding this how our kids are and understanding this co-parenting approach that is not going to be perfect, but it is working for us, definitely. So this co-parenting topic of today is going to be focused on people who have been separated or divorced and um, are going through a lot of chaos of not knowing how to work as a team for the well-being of the child and the well-being for each the mother and the father. So let's get started and I'm going to talk to you about the co-parenting with an ex. I'm going to start off by telling you this. You and your ex no longer know each other. And it, because you don't know the person, you have these assumptions. You know, when sometimes you 
meet someone, but you haven't really had the opportunity to sit down and talk to them, but you assume they're a certain way because who knows why? Maybe because you think, oh, they said this or they did this and I'm already taking in how they are and I'm creating this whole facade like of, of how that person is when you haven't even sat down with them. It's the same thing when you're trying to co-parent and you say, I'm trying I'm trying everything and the other parent doesn't want to cooperate. That happens. That it, Of course, when you are putting yourself out there and be like, hey, let's talk. Um, hey, I want to tell you that our child has you know, a doctor's appointment and the other person is just like, I don't effing care, whatever, shut up. And they put up a wall. Okay. I'll get to that in a bit. That is very normal. And there's a lot of assumptions. A lot of the times, the one that's throwing themselves out there has these assumptions of that person doesn't care. Well, they might be behaving as if they don't, but internally they do. Let's remember this. We all have this defensiveness, uh, defensive behavior. It's kind of like the fight or flight, you know, whenever we feel like we're being attacked, even if they're not being attacked, it's just a defense mechanism of like, I'm not going to let that person talk shit to me. I'm not going to make that person make me feel stupid or I'm not going to let that person hit me. So it's just a reaction. So the reason that your ex, if you can familiarize with this situation, the reason why your ex is behaving in that manner is because you guys have a story. There were certain things that you guys did in the past that was a problem and there was never a solution. So when I said you no longer know your ex, it's because the only way you can describe your ex is based on the past behaviors of your ex. Does that make sense? So it's just so important to understand What did I bring to the table that created this chaos? Because a lot of the times when you find yourself blaming the other person all the time, you are not taking full responsibility of the things you said that you shouldn't have said, the things that you didn't say that you should have said, your facial expressions, you know, those little jabbings here and there like, or stabbings or however you want to perceive it like the way you come across to the person in the past and in the current time and when I say for you to take accountability about the things that you have done and said I am not dismissing the other parents negative comments or behaviors okay Um, I'm talking about you the one that's listening to this podcast What are some things that you have done that you shouldn't have done or said that has brought problems to the situation? That's what I'm talking about. Because both are at fault, you guys. At the end of the day, if there's animosity, okay, both are at fault. It doesn't matter who started it. Because one can start and the other one can follow and it creates a chaos. So it's just important to understand I don't know the other person anymore. I can't assume negative things about that person. I will just work with what I have in front of me, the facts. That's what I'm trying to say. And if they're negative and obviously unhealthy for your child and for everyone else, you have the right to speak up in regards to their safety if you have facts. For example, if you know your child, if you know or have a gut feeling, I should say, that your child is being physically abused, neglected, um, and uh, sexually abused and psychologically abused, then yes, you can call um, CPS, DCFS, however you know that um, department, and you can make a report. Now, let me tell you about this. Many people don't have facts or just like, doesn't matter if you have facts or not. I should correct that. But they call DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services, um, like, I don't know how many times in a year, 
so that the other parent can get in trouble. Be very careful with that. Honestly, be very careful. If you're doing it just to get revenge or be spiteful, I mean, you're wasting your time and you're wasting everyone else's time. You want to make sure that, you know what, I'm going to make a report. And, you know, if you know, if you have this feeling that something's happening and if you have facts, okay, if you do or if you don't, go for it. But when I say don't, I mean like that gut feeling that something's wrong, right? Um, but other than that, don't do it just to be like, you know, rude. It's, it is a waste of time. And your child's going to get interrogated. All because you said, oh, they got me mad because they arrived at pickup time an hour later. And I'm going to call the cops. And okay, be very careful with that. It's just a cycle that's never going to end. Do you want to live a happy life or do you want to live a life of chaos? Now let's move on to this. Communication is something so important. But communication is not just talking. Because I can talk in English and Spanish, but everyone who listens is going to perceive my message in a very different way probably. But communication requires body language right? Like your facial expressions, like the eye contact, right? The tone of voice. So a lot of the times when it comes to communicating, it, there's a lot of anger. So when, what happens when someone gets super angry? They're not thinking right. They're just reacting versus responding. So if you're trying to communicate to your ex something important about your child, like a medication a school activity, um, just any concerns. You want to make sure that the communication, if you are doing some sort of exchange, to look at each other. Eye contact. Imagine this. You go to the restaurant and the waitress comes to your table and tells you, how can I help you? But they're looking somewhere else. They never give you eye contact. And they're like, how, how can I help you? What would you like? And they're not giving you eye contact. They're just kind of looking around over you and just kind of, and you're going to be like, what the, f hello, like I'm right here, right? That's respect. So a lot of the times people who go to court, they look at the judge, they look at their attorneys, they look at their family members or whoever is there as a support system. And then they don't look at the other parent and There's no respect. And I get it. There's no respect because there's things that have been done and said, right? But communication is so important, especially with eye contact. In a very respectful manner. Now, talking about respect. Respect is something that we earn, not that we demand. Let's remember that, okay? So just because you are the mother of the child or you're the father, of, you know, of the child and that child lives with you majority of the time, you know, it's important for you to understand there has to be a one self-respect for yourself, for your child and for the other parent. The child loves both of his parents. The child has a big heart. The child is able to love everyone. So I think at this point, as parents or people who are going through um, custody battles, you know, separation or divorce, if you're going through court or not, doesn't matter. I think sometimes we need to learn how to share our own child. To understand that both father and mother play a very important role. Now, again... If there is some sort of abuse, then there is where we have to bring in an intervention of social workers, um, therapy, support groups, something, co-parenting classes or parenting classes to be able to address the problems. I've had so many parents in these 10 years that have told me, If I had only known about these classes, I wish I could have taken them before I went to court. And that is so possible, you guys. It's so possible. Yet, the reason why I ends up getting to court is because either one or both parents become very stubborn and not able to communicate 
to be able to talk about the well-being of their child. And you know what? I get it. I get it. Many parents are going through this custody battle, literally a battle, because it's their first time in their whole life experiencing something like that. So of course they feel lost. Of course they feel like there's no hope. But when you educate yourself, you get empowered to know something different than before. I would also add as to what are your expectations? What are your expectations for the mother or for the father? Are they realistic? And where are you getting these expectations? Are you getting these expectations because the only male role model as a father was your father or grandfather or uncle? And you were expecting the dad of your children to be like the grandfather, like your dad or the uncle and vice versa. Are you expecting, you know, for the mom to be like your mother, like your sister, like your tia, you know, the way they are as mothers, the women in your family? Are you expecting the mother of your children to be just like them? We have to be very aware and understand that we have these habits or these thoughts of experiences that we have gone through in our lives and we bring them into our life all the time. They kind of like creep up, you know, and it's very important to understand like where am I getting these expectations of myself in life? And really bring yourself as much as you can at your own pace into the reality. Something that helped me personally, you guys, and I mentioned earlier, was that in order for me to snap out of this, I have the power because my son lives with me. It was having empathy and compassion for myself and for my dad's, I'm sorry, for my son's dad. To understand that he is a good man. He's a good guy. And that he's going to love our son at his, his way. Not mine. He's a father based on what he has known of what a father is through his father. So he grew up pretty much with his dad very loving, like he was present at times, but he wouldn't see him as much. So I feel like he's kind of brought that into his life with his two older children. And I don't know, I think that also what helped me completely was learning so much about parenting and co-parenting. That's why I strongly encourage you at your own pace, whenever you know you're ready, to seek that help. There's so many wonderful parenting classes, co-parenting classes you can take. There's support groups for um, fathers who get don't get to see their kids more often because our system is really messed up. You know, mothers get priority. Um, and I know I'm a mother and I can say, oh yeah, thank God we get priority. But you know what? I have two sons. I have brothers. Males, I have a dad, (laughs) males play a very important role in our lives, just like mothers do to a child, just like a father does to a child. So we need to pretty much make sure that we understand the important role of the mother and the father. So I'm just generalizing the matter because I don't know how many dads are listening to this or how many moms, but overall, I highly encourage you to please share this podcast because If there is a person who finds it very difficult to get along with a toxic ex, which some people call, um, I always say there's always a solution for everything, okay? But you have to obviously believe that to be able to do whatever it takes to get that solution. Now, anything is possible when you have this knowledge on co-parenting. For example, what you're trying to build is trust with the other parent. Okay, why? 
this is why. Because many parents have said, and I've even said it in the past, I don't trust him. I don't trust her. I don't trust that he is going to feed my child when it's needed. I'm not going to trust that the mom is going to do the homework with them. I'm not going to trust. I don't trust them that they take him to school. I don't trust them that they're going to take him to the doctor when it's needed. I don't trust them that they're going to change the diaper. I mean, so all of that is like trust issues. And trust is something we have to work on. Now, this is something I tell my clients. You always have to give the other parent the benefit of the doubt all the time throughout your child's existence. And there are parents who have sexually abused their own children. So in those situations, obviously the child should not be going to that parent who sexually abused them. And if that is happening, then that's where we have to be very aware of, okay, the system has failed us because no one's trying to do anything. Then you have to continue to push forward and seek professional help. Because let me tell you, there will be that one professional that's going to fucking get you. They're going to understand you. And based on that, you get another perspective of another way to solve the problem. Since we're talking about trust, okay, I also want to talk about the negative messages. And I'm going to tell you how those two things connect, okay? The negative messages that the other parent is telling your child about you. Let me tell you, you will never in your life control what the other parent is saying or doing. Because in reality, not that they can do anything they want, but they're choosing to just do whatever they think is right, but it's probably not. And they're talking bad about you in front of the child. Um, And the child comes home and they lash at you. And, you know, I've heard stories of my previous clients where they've told me, you know, my child comes home. It takes, takes me like a whole day or two to kind of help them come back to normal. That happens all the time. That is so common. It sucks. If the other parent continues to talk bad about you, the only thing that you have within your control is the trust that you are building with your child. Because your child can continue to hear those things, but if your child knows that love, that consistency, the unconditional love, that's what I'm trying to say, the trust that you have within each other, that is gold. That is all you have. Not to manipulate your child, because that's not unconditional love. If you love your child in a very loving, compassionate, empathetic manner, you're going to create a trust that comes from love. A trust that comes from listening to each other. Having that consideration, you know, and that respect. So that's all you have to work with. I mean, not all. With your child, that's what I'm trying to say. The other parent... I mean, you can't wait around for that other parent to change. Some parents are waiting. I'll change until the other person changes. I'll be nice until the other person's nice. No, it turns into a tug of war and you need to let go. If they're unhappy, that doesn't mean you have to follow them down the cliff and be unhappy with them. It's so important just to understand that these negative messages that your child is getting They will be pretty much resolved by the strong bond that you have with your baby girl or baby son. I say baby son, baby. (laughs) Because there are babies no matter what age they are. There are two ways to perceive the situation of not co-parenting. One, you not loving your life. You might think, I always have problems with my ex and then you catch yourself that yes, I am rude back because he starts it. He who angers you controls you. So it's so important to understand that you have the ability to not be controlled. If they want to continue to be the way they let them, just let them. 
you have a responsibility to create the most beautiful life even if there's chaos. Because if you really think about it, this is what I tell my clients, if you really think about it, there's conflict. There's going to be people that like you and don't like you all the time. You know, gives a F. They're not happy with their life. That's on them. But at this point, you have a responsibility to love yourself and give that love back to your child, to your partner, your new partner um, at work, just back into society because we're all connected. Remember that. We're all connected. So the next time you hear something negative from the other parent, don't take it personal. He doesn't know you anymore. You have evolved. We all change. Even if we want to or not, we change. It's either you change on your own or life will change you, right? That's just my the way I perceive life, you guys. That's the way I perceive it. If you don't change, then life's going to change you. A huevo, how they say it. <laughs> okay? So next time you hear something negative from the other parent, don't take it personal. I've, I said that already, but I think I have to say it again because... The other person is never going to define who you are as a person. And second of all, no one in this whole entire world will ever define the love you have for your child. You don't have to prove to the other parent how much you love your child. And you don't have to demand the other parent to prove to you how much they love them. One question I ask a lot of my clients is like, do you guys hate each other? Like I'll have them in front of me. And I'll say, do you guys hate each other? And they say, no. Then what's the problem? And they stay quiet. I, I talk to my clients in a very respectful but very straightforward manner because I have about 10 or 12 weeks to work with them. And I tell them, I only have that time to make sure I give you as many tools as possible only if you're going to be able to take them and run with them. Because if you're not, then continue to know that you're going to be in the same problem. If you don't love your life, then everything around you is not going to be healthy. But if you love your life, you can be very aware on the things, or should I say the choices that you're making, the people you're bringing into your life and the people that need to just kind of like I don't need those people in my life anymore. And I know that one of those person, one of that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> one of those in that group that I don't need them in my life anymore. You might say, well, that's my ex. I didn't need my ex in my life anymore. That's why I moved on. Yeah, you moved on from the relationship, but not from the co-parenting aspect of working together as a team. And if you might, you know, if you were to tell me, well, we never really had a relationship. I got with him or her because we just thought it was the right thing and we wanted a family and blah, blah, blah. And we just didn't. Okay, this is why there's classes to learn how to. If you find yourself living your life without getting new knowledge on how to co-parent or how to be a better parent, because we could always be a better parent. I teach parenting classes and there's always something new to learn. I cannot and will refuse to ever put myself in that position of like, I know it all because I teach parenting class. Fuck that. No, I don't. I don't. And with co-parenting, let me tell you, sometimes my uh, son's dad, you know, my ex, I sometimes we get on each other's nerves sometimes, but we bring ourselves back and there's apologizing and I'm sorry, I should have said that. All right, cool. All right, let's move on. Because that's just how life is, you guys. But if at that point of, how can I say it? Having a problem that just drags. Like if you don't get along with your ex for years and years and years and a decade goes by and another decade goes by and your child's childhood pretty much went by with a lot of animosity, then that means we stole our children's childhood away from them. All because of our pride. We can't do that. A lot of us grew up in different homes okay my parents were are still together um to this day and they really didn't co-parent because my dad went out to work and my mom was at home and sometimes my mom my mom wanted my dad 
to help her out with us, but he was kind of like, uh, wait, what? He was kind of like, I, I, like, I don't know how, like he tried it, but, and then if he were to intervene, then she would correct it. It was just chaos. So there was no co-parenting. And this is why we need to make sure we don't continue that pattern because the things that we experience growing up, we tend to bring them into our lives as parents and into our relationships. So all of the traumas and the way or the relation, it could be traumas or it can be just unhealthy relationship with our own parents. You might say, you know, I don't, it doesn't affect me, but it actually manifested itself in your life with other relationships, with friends, with partners, um, with your kids based on how you were raised and the lack of nurture and that love and attention that you needed when you were younger. So adding to this, that the next time you see your ex, try to come across, easier said than done, easier said than done, I understand that, but if you want to live a happy life, a peaceful life, and you want to focus on your child's well-being and making sure that you don't steal the childhood away just because your pride came in too strong into your life, you want to make sure to bring yourself in this compassionate, empathetic manner. And this is what I actually mean by that. Every single human being in this planet has a story. I have a story. You have a story. Your boss has a story. Your brothers, sisters, cousins, compadres, comadres. Everyone has a story. And a lot of the times we don't know that profound story that caused pain into that person and because we don't know it we assume they're fine that why do they have to act like that well maybe they're acting like that because they grew up not knowing how to have a healthy relationship and you're the next one on their list so it's so important to to try to, I mean, that's the thing. You're not going to be able to sit down and be like, tell me your story now. Cause I didn't know it all these years that we were together. And now that we're separate, I want to understand you. <laughs> I get it, you know, but at some point when you live with someone, you know, little pieces of their story. And if you know them, it's time to have that empathy for them. Like what I'm trying to say is like, you know, the story, but you understand it to the point of like, I get their pain. And because you get it, you're going to be more compassionate. That's the key. But in order for us to be compassionate and empathetic towards others, you have to do it first within yourself. That's self-care, that's self-love. Because I always tell my clients, it's either one or the two. The reason you're not getting along is because either you still have some feelings towards each other and you can't let go. Or second, you're just not happy with your own current life. You have to do something about it. You know what I've done, you guys? And it's so, like, powerful. Oh, and I love it. I, there's parents that tell me, you know, it's been bad since we were together. I'm like, really? Okay. And how long ago did you separate? Or how, how long were you guys together? They're like, oh, we were together for 10 years or seven or five years or whatever. And we've been separated about three years or so, for example. I said, okay. So you know what we're going to do today? We're going to end that relationship. We're going to end it in a very respectful, mature manner. I'm going to give you guys a couple of minutes to think of how you're going to end that relationship. And I have them facing each other because obviously that's respect. The energy in the room is just so like, it, it, it could be a little heavy, like the elephant in the room. And they're looking at each other. Some people get very emotional because they're hurt. And when you don't get along with your ex, it's more than anger. It's because you care. It's because you care about what the other person has to say about you. If you didn't care, you wouldn't get mad. But you get mad because you care. And when they have, I mean, when I have these two parents facing each other, And they're able to tell each other, I'm sorry, I should have never disrespected you in the way I did. The energy just, it just like, it disappears. And I see the parents, like when they sigh, cuando suspiran, and I could tell 
they have accepted the apology because after that they say it. They say it, okay, you know, I accept your apology. And then they both are able to do that. I say, how do you two guys feel? They're like, actually felt really good. I think this is something that we should have done, but we didn't because we didn't know. And that's what happens, you guys. We behave on certain things and then we wonder why the consequences are so harsh. Because we're like, damn, if I only knew that this was going to happen. Sometimes we don't know, right? But we have an idea of the good things and the bad things that we should do and we shouldn't. Also, you will forever be your child's family. You and the other parent will always be your child's family. If you have a child um, and that child goes to his dad's or his mom's and obviously they go back and forth, right? There's like a visitation schedule. I don't even like the word visitation because you guys are not visitors. You guys are, are parents. It's a father. It's a mother. You're not visitors. I don't like that actually. But that's how the core documentation looks like. If the child is at mom's house or dad's house, um, the child sometimes feels like, okay, well, which one is my home? They start to gravitate to the parent who they perceive as weak. And what I mean by that um, is a parent who is perceiving themselves more of a victim or, or maybe not, or maybe the parent who's just struggling the most. Um, and the child sees that too. So it could be either one. And also it could be, you know, that the child just chooses one because they miss, they miss that parent. It could be a son missing their dad and their dad's not in the picture anymore. And now they're like, I miss my dad and I blame my mom, but it wasn't mom's fault because dad left with a sancha, <laughs> which actually that's like a very common scenario. I'll tell you that. So when that's happening, you know, the child starts to lie. They start to lie because you know why? Because they know that both parents don't talk. Because that's not important. Who cares? Let our child continue to lie to us. Our pride is more important. I think that's kind of what it stands out sometimes. But when a child knows that both parents are not able to communicate, they take advantage let me share with you a story that I had years, 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 years ago. And this story, it was a four-year-old little boy. He wanted the attention of both of his parents. And he was taking advantage of the back and forth because he was just trying to please them. He wanted to tell each parent what they wanted to hear because he felt, it sounded like more like guilt. So this little boy went to his dad's house and he... When he, after he went to his dad's house, he went back to mom's and the mom called the dad because the child, the four-year-old child told him that his, his dad's girlfriend hit him physically with the belt. And the dad's like, what are you talking about? He was with me the whole time. And the mom was pissed. So he's like, no, 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 no. Come on. Let's talk about it. She's like, no, fuck that. But blah, and got crazy. Didn't even listen to him. She called the cops and it was chaos. Days later, they find out from the son that he lied. And they were like, what? Why did you lie? Because then the dad and the mom sat with him together, which is a very appropriate thing to do. And he said, I lied because I wanted your guys' attention. Both parents got very emotional, even after the fact when they were sharing this story with me. They said, I can't believe we put our child through that chaos of feeling stressed, that he had to go to that extent to lie to get our attention. When, when we are, when at any time he can come up to us and get our attention, but apparently we weren't doing the right thing. There are many parents who go through custody battles. They use some sort of, I think it's an app called Family Wizard and Talking Parents or email or text. And that's another form of communication. With talking parents and family wizard, I think what I have, what my clients have informed me is that it gets obviously 
anyone involved in the court can access that, like the judge, the attorneys. Even sometimes um, therapists, counselors that are working with the parents, they can um, log in there and see what the communication looks like. Um, I like to do that because it gives me a, a very, um, it gives me an idea of how the communication was in the past. I mean, obviously it's not good, but it just, it just gives me more of who's attacking, who's not, etc. Um, but either way, they're both at fault. And that is a way of communicating, you know, your thoughts and feelings and concerns, etc. Yet it's not being utilized the right way. If you find yourself communicating with your partner through text, I highly encourage you to read that text or email um, three times before you send it. It is pretty much like a business approach that I'm trying to say for you to do of why you have to read it three times. Because if you're going to send an email to your boss, you tend to read it like maybe more than three times to make sure it comes out professional and just straight to the point. It's the same thing. You want to just be... um, respectful, straight to the point with no emotions attached to it. And it's all about the child. Do not send long paragraphs about this is the problem, but then here's my, my venting towards you because I have so much resentment. Be very careful with that. Okay. And then you wonder, well, the other person, you know, the other parent, I email them and they don't respond back. Well, let's kind of consider that. Why? They probably don't want to feed into all the chaos. Maybe even if you don't even send a long email, they still don't respond. At that point, deliver the message. If they don't respond and there's that family wizard or um, talking parents or even email or text, just document it. Just document it because at some point, if one or the other is going to court, you do want to present that you're trying your best to communicate. I honestly, I don't agree with a lot of parents going to court. I mean, not everyone has to, but there's some that do. So it's like, it varies. It really varies. There's some that just need some sort of classes and they'll be fine. There's some that are just like, okay, for the safety, like legit, we have to get this documented on a legal paper, then that's where you have to go. But everyone seems to perceive that um, as an emergency all the time. So I am doing this podcast because I want to highlight the fact that um, yes, there's the, the option of court because it's there and it helps some people. But you also have another option, you guys. Like I said earlier, going to classes. That's an investment, honestly. If you go to parenting classes in your community, the co-parenting high-conflict focus classes, that is an investment and you will learn so much that you're go- it, your life's going to change. Especially you go in there with an open mind and open heart, of course. Whenever your child is with you, talk about the other parent in a very respectful manner. You know, children love to hear when they were little and how they would behave and what do we do and, uh, and say when they were little, like when they did something funny. If you do not talk about the other parent, you don't even say their name or anything, that's actually, you know, a problem. That's a problem. And the child needs to hear that you care for the other parent. Um, Even if you say, well, no, I don't. Well, look, the child loves to hear it. Why not? You know, if, for example, if your child was little and they pretty much were really silly and they loved to dance when they were little and they did a little talent show in front of you and that one, you know, when he was little. <laughs> um, and he knows that. And he says, Mommy, can you tell me how you, how did I do it when I was little? Oh, Mijo, you would stand in front of Daddy and I. And we would, you know, clap because you were so cute. You would dance to Michael Jackson. Da, da, da. And that was just an example. They love to hear those stories. So by you talking about the other parent to them makes them feel connected. That child is made out of you and the other parent. Okay? It's so important. I said it earlier. Their heart is so big. There's enough space for so many people in that heart because they're just loving. They just want to love and be loved. You and I as adults, we just want to love and be loved. We're human beings. So it's so important just to make sure that 
we know we care. I remember having an adolescent and him telling me, I fucking hate my mother. I was like, why? Because she always talked bad about my dad. And my dad's not even close to what she said. And I hate her for that. So the word hate was already too strong, right? So you it's not your job to make the other parent look bad. If the other parent chooses to be absent when, you know, you said, you know, like, just call me, we can figure something out, and they choose to, that's on them, and they're the ones putting, sending the message to your child. But you also want to make sure that you, as a parent, if, it's, if you're a mother, making sure, or a father, because it can happen to fathers, but I've seen it more with mothers, unfortunately, some mothers will say, well, if you don't give me child support money, then you're not going to be able to see the child. It's like, what the? F- so money's more important? What? Okay. You want to make sure that you have your child first. I remember going to, it was like a, a workshop um, meeting with the county, and it was a child support um, services uh, department. I think that's what child support, yeah, child support department. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> it's it was a long time, and um, they pretty much said, "Look, we want to be able to tell our clients that it's a more customer service um, approach versus like they're demanding." Because I think back in the day they would arrest people right there in the um, child support office, and they you know all these crazy things. Now they change the system more like customer service so like it's more welcoming but they pretty much said we want to tell our clients that hey first is respect and then comes the wallet sometimes even like if you respect some I've heard fathers say you know what she respects me I get along with my ex and you know what I even give her more than what she needs because we're cool you know how many times I've heard of that and that's fucking bomb that's amazing but the ones that have a hard time they're like it's like pulling teeth he hasn't paid and da, 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 and I don't know what else to do when it's like, well, respect, just bring respect to the table. This is why I know it's easier said than done because it takes two to tango. It takes two people to be able to respect. But when you are able to set that tone first, majority of the time, the other person follows. If you make it difficult for the other parent to see the child and you say, well, you could have done everything else. Well, if you didn't make it easy on them, geez, how, where do they have to go? Guide them. Because apparently everything that they're doing, even if it's good or bad, it's if doomed if they do and doomed if they don't. Another issue that happens is when a new partner comes into the picture. It could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend. One of the things I tell my clients is like, this is between both of you, not a third party. This is between both of you or four, not four people. It's between two. Okay. Any issue that happens, you want to make sure you discuss it between each other. You don't go and tell your partner, oh, my ex is fucking bitch or my ex is a fucking asshole. Like that, that. Because guess what your partner is going to do? Majority of time, not all partners are like that. Some are just like, hey, you know, I don't want to get involved. And then there's some, they're like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Fuck that person. So they instigate it. So instead of them helping you out, they're making it more difficult for you because now they're instigating it more and more. So you want to make make sure that you keep those problems to yourself and that you try to resolve it together. And hopefully, you know, the other other parent is able um, or wanting to. Uh, cooperate um, and work things out if they don't make sure you're very cautious as how you're venting that out to your partner or your family members because the issue yes it is between you and the other parent right the responsibility of solving problems between you and the other parent when it comes to co-parenting your child but then sometimes the whole entire family is aware because someone's instigating it or they instigated back no that's not right you don't need anyone else to instigate your problems because then it just works you up and creates chaos. 
was just making sure to take a step back, breathe and analyzing the situation. If you are going through, you know, a problem with your ex and you're not able to co-parent for the well-being of your child. Now, I'm trying my best to give you many tools in different scenarios, but I know every family is so different. Everyone's lifestyle is so different. So at any time you have any questions about co-parenting, please email me, okay, um, at chicanamoms@gmail.com. Uh, email me if you have any questions. You can send me a message through Instagram at chicanamomspodcast as well. I want to make sure that I can guide you to a resource of parenting classes in your area or co-parenting classes if you need them so that you're able to get more in-depth detail um, input on how to deal with your specific situation, okay? So overall, in regards to co-parenting, and you might perceive it as I'm co-parenting with a toxic ex, I honestly would tell you maybe you're the toxic ex. Maybe both of you are. Maybe the other parent is. Who knows? But you have to make sure that you evaluate the way you are presenting yourself. Are you making it difficult for the other parent to come? If, if you're not, okay. And if they're not following through, the only thing you have within your control is that relationship you have with your child. Because the stronger the child, I'm sorry, the stronger the relationship, the better it's going to be in the long run. I really hope this podcast was helpful. Like I said, every family is so different. But just leave this podcast with this question. What are some things that I'm doing that I need to change to make sure I get along with my ex? It's so important to understand that just because you separated, that doesn't mean that the child's family has ended. Thank you so much for listening to me. I wish you the best effing day, week, month, year, life, etc. And um, stay tuned for other topics on co-parenting and, and life. Thank you guys. Adios. This is Chicana Moms. And thank you so much for listening to me. You can visit my website at www.chicanamoms.com and send me an email. I would love to hear from you. You could also follow me on Instagram at Chicana Moms Podcast. Thank you and have a beautiful, blessed day. Adios.